Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party, a podcast for women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. This season, we're bringing in leading female powerhouses to take a deep dive into the topics that matter most to you. Technology, money, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it, we're covering it all. Tune in every Wednesday for career, real talk, and BS-free advice from the best in the biz. Ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. Welcome, Cindy. We're so excited to have you as part of our Money Moves Summit. So we're just going to get right into it. So your story is such a great example of finding a huge gap in the market and sort of filling the white space. Can you take us back to the you know light bulb moment of when you were like, chill house, this is my idea. I'm going to make it into a business. Yeah, um, it really started with kind of like a, you know, random weekend with my husband. We were trying to find a place to get massages and really didn't love our options. So we thought about what our options were in New York City and they were kind of like very vastly different. What was like either very high end or what was actually pretty low end and seedy. And so we were kind of like, what's up with that? You know, why is there no place that really speaks to us? You know, millennial kind of fast paced New Yorkers that really just wanted a weekend to like detox and like not go to a bar. Cause that was always kind of our default was like brunch and then go get a drink, I guess, because that's all like you can think of doing. So yeah, it was, it was kind of like that light bulb moment, moment where we found there was a gap there and then just kind of started chatting about the spa industry in general and how it kind of felt a little antiquated, a little sterile at times, uh, tiptoey for sure, medical, and that there wasn't anything that was like young and invigorating and fresh. So that's really where we came in just kind of trying to disrupt, I guess, the space. But it, it started with like a, a small idea that we didn't really see it kind of getting to this kind of scale of respect or, you know, accolades and things like that. It was more so just like a fun place that we wanted to open for ourselves and our friends. And we were kind of going to see where it went from there. I love it. So did you write a business plan? Did you have a very structured idea of what was going to happen, what the rollout was going to be, the five-year plan, or were you kind of like, Let's just do that. It was a, it was definitely not a five year plan. It was like a like unit based business model, and my husband's very kind of used to those sort of business models, so he really took the reins there. And you know that was kind of 
our plan. Just like, let's do one. Let's see how it goes. You know, let's definitely brand it in a way where it could scale, but we're not going to like raise as if we're going to become this big brand. It was, you know, we didn't operate that way. We still kind of don't, although we're trying to step into that territory a little bit. So yeah, we really, we started with a business plan really just to open up the first location. So the raise is pretty small. It was like 375,000, I believe. Amazing. And basically the brand took off, like the chill house brand, the design, the logos. Like I remember starting to see it everywhere. How did you figure out what you wanted the brand to look and feel like? Um, a lot of Pinterest, a lot of like putting together some ideas, you know, based on like my personal tastes and interests and all that stuff. Um, really it was a lot of that and like seeing where, you know, my taste can kind of come in to this space and, and where we can evolve it and to what level we can kind of push it maybe on the millennial front, you know, where it didn't feel like completely ridiculous, but it also felt very warm and inviting. So it was just, you know, I, I have kind of a knack for that kind of, you know, branding and all of that. So that was really like one of the funnest parts for me was kind of identifying what that brand would feel like. And yeah, Chill House, the name, I feel like that name also just really, really stuck and it felt fresh and it didn't feel like confined to being this like spa brand, like this kind of like tranquil, serenity, like all these like kind of names that we associate with like the bells and whistles of all, all these kind of traditional spas. We wanted it to feel fresh and we wanted it to have an identity that didn't really like we actually don't like to use the word spa. Like we don't see ourselves as a spa. We see ourselves as a lifestyle brand really around self-care. And that's always kind of been in the, the back of my mind was like, how do we convey that message no matter what throughout the brand, through our visuals, through our copy, through, you know, pretty much everything we do. So I think because of that, it, it really has kind of stood out in that landscape and really has kind of stood on its own really, um, as far as a brand goes, that's not necessarily identified with one particular space, but with like a state of mind, you know? Totally. And your service offerings have been really wide. Like when I first at least had heard about you, I never was like, oh, that's a place you go get a massage or like, that's a place you go get nails. It's like, you can get food there. You can hang out there. You can do all these different things. Was that intentional to have like a diversified service line uh, from the beginning? Definitely. I mean, I've never really loved the idea of just doing one thing. Um, so it was kind of like a selfish move in a way. <laughs> I was like, I need a hub, you know? And I think at the time, you know, all these like single service business models were definitely very trendy and rightfully so, you know, it's definitely, they've been proven to be successful, like the soul cycles of the world and, you know, um, those kind of studios, fitness, boutique fitness and all that stuff where it was like focusing on one thing and providing one service. You know, I think there's definitely a market for that, but I was more so again, kind of going back to lifestyle. I wanted to create a space that really embodied who I was and what I needed as a consumer. I come from a hospitality background kind of through and through. And I was always like kind of disappointed at the fact that like a lot of spas didn't have like a nice cafe really attached to their services. It was kind of just like, would you like green tea? Um, so that, and to me, like a cafe is like that first indicator of relaxation. So I was like, we need a cafe. We don't know how to operate one, but we need something. <laughs> we need it because you know what? It's, it, it's that first kind of, that's, that's that barrier of entry, you know, it's kind of like allowing people to have a, a little taste of what you're about to offer them. Right. So that was a must for me. And then nails, you know, it was kind of like identifying another service. It started with massage and it was also about identifying another service that I felt 
was something I did regularly. You know, what are New Yorkers, New York women, like what's the service that we get all the time? Manicures. So that was kind of the idea behind manicures. And, you know, the brand has evolved and we've just kind of like added things here and there that we felt was right for us. And yeah. I miss manicures. I I feel like manicures is manicures and like haircuts. I feel like are the services that people are like, ah, and massage, honestly, like I use massage therapy. Like I have like back problems and stuff. So that's like a whole other, anyway, miss it all. Hey, work party listeners. I want to take a quick break from today's episode to let you in on one of my best cat nutrition secrets. Zakara. Now that I'm working from home full time and desperate to avoid grocery stores, I've turned to Sakara to help keep me healthy and energized with fresh and super tasty meals delivered straight to my door. Sakara's signature nutrition program brings the power of plant nutrition right to my home in the form of fresh, plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals. Made with organic ingredients and powerful superfoods, each meal is expertly designed to boost immunity, improve energy, support gut health and digestion, and get glowing skin. Hello! From salads and granolas to savory flatbreads and fruit parfaits, their rotating menu of creative chef-crafted meals makes clean eating simple and delicious. My personal fave is the warming miso noodle soup and the sultry pink pitaya tacos. I mean, yum. And they come ready to eat. I'm in the middle of moving, so it's mess-free, low-lift meals are exactly what I need right now. In addition to their delicious meals, Socaro also offers daily essentials like supplements and herbal teas to complete your wellness routine and support overall health and vitality. To boost immunity, try their best-selling daily probiotic blend or detox water drops with pure chlorophyll. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their order when they go to sakara.com slash party or enter code party at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash party. That's 20% off your order. Sakara.com slash party. Enjoy. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. survey found that 70% of small businesses that received mentoring survived more than five years, double the survival rate of non-mentored businesses. You're an advocate of Dell's Women's Entrepreneur Network, Gwen, and recently launched mentoring sessions in partnership with them. So how have your mentorship and networking opportunities contributed to your success? And can you share how you're paying it forward to help other entrepreneurs coming up behind you through these mentorship sessions that you're hosting? Yeah, I mean, mentorship, I mean, for me, it's I've had a few mentors throughout my life and it's definitely been something that, you know, has kind of guided me in, in this direction. Although, you know, I always felt that it's a hard thing to kind of add, you're like a mentor through and through, like, this is like your livelihood, you know, this is what you do. Um, chill house is a little different than that. You know, we try to incorporate a little community where I can provide 
content, you know, we can be like sources in different ways, you know, whether that's for entrepreneurship or self-care, you know, self-love and in and, and many different ways. So I'm able to do it a little bit through Chill House, you know, through a couple of talks and panels and things like that. But really, I felt that, you know, my background given, you know, many, many years ago, I worked for a company that that was basically what we did was like, in so many words, mentors and consultants, but mentors to a lot of, you know, young entrepreneurs. And I, you know, while I didn't know what the hell I was doing, I still was there to kind of be a sounding board to a lot of these entrepreneurs. And I really, really missed that. And so I actually came up with this idea. I presented it to to Dell, like right when this was all starting to go down, I was like, I want to be able to help business owners right now because I can see this, this kind of everyone's worlds are collapsing right now. And like, this is the time that business, you know, small business owners need each other the most. It's like just sharing resources, like just helping each other out, being again, a soundboard. And, um, I figured, you know, given everything that we have going on with chill house, like what's a good way to do that. So we partnered up with Dell to basically be able to provide a few different women, um, access to, to kind of chat with me and, and pick my brain and do all that good stuff. But then also Dell's gifting them computers and, nice. um, yeah. And we're doing a feature on them on the chill time. So giving them a bit of a voice and a platform. And so we, I actually just selected the five winners yesterday and it's really nice to kind of see like everyone's story and all that. And so whatever I can do, you know, a little bit goes a long way now and hopefully I can continue to kind of keep that going. Yeah, I think mentorship right now is so different than mentorship was like four or five months ago. Because I think even the most successful women that you and I know or look up to or have amazing businesses are all in this kind of like applying for the same loans, applying for payroll protection. Everyone's really uh, working together to you know figure it out along the way because it's right. affecting the biggest of the big businesses and the smallest of the small. Everyone. So, Everyone. So we're going to talk a little bit about money because we are in the Money Moon Summit. So you said earlier you raised a friends and family round. Did you consider taking a traditional loan or were you always going to do friends and family? And what were some of the lessons you learned along the way when you were raising your round? Yeah, we only really know how to raise friends and family. Like we, we didn't really even consider a business loan. I think business loans are a little complicated sometimes when your own financials are a little like funky. So we never really thought of uh, taking out a loan up until like obviously recently. <laughs> so yeah, we raised friends and family and that to us was just like, you know, it's a good barrier for entry kind of fundraising method. You know, if you have a few friends that can pitch in 10K, 20K, 30K, you know, we have people that have given up to like a hundred and something like that. Then it's, you know, if you have that network, then it's a great way to go. It also like for us, I think allows a lot of like kind of engages community too. You have a lot of people that are really like kind of fighting for you and like really want to like, you know, support your business too. So some of our investors are actually our biggest like allies, you know, like you just angel invested in chill house. Um, and yeah, like a lot of like my good, good friends, um, are angel investors as well. And it also motivates me a lot too. Cause I'm like, I, you know, it's one thing to not be able to pay a bank loan, but like to not be able to get my friends like their like return on investment, like that motivates me every day. So I really do um, think that very, very early stage, that's like a really good route. And, you know, I'm not like, I don't need to hold on to every single piece of equity for my business. I feel like, you know, businesses are very collaborative. So, I mean, if you want to hold on to every, you know, 
all your equity, that's great, great way to go. But for me, I really like the community aspect of actually fundraising and the networking aspect of it too. Yeah, I think there's so much more benefit than just the cash. You know, at the end of the day, when you have um, advocates and allies that can make a phone call or get you in that meeting or whatever it might be, like those are truly some priceless opportunities that you kind of get through this network. Um, and, and it's awesome too, because I know you have a lot of female investors. I think that's great also. So when yeah. you were launching Chill House, you wanted to create something that was accessible, but, but also, you know, kind of luxurious. So how did you figure out how to price things early on? That was hard. You know, that was definitely one of the hardest things that I think we've learned a lot of lessons along the way. We've had to make some edits. It, it wasn't like, uh, oh, we got this, you know, I mean, we did a lot of research into the industry, both like on the spa side and the nail salon side. And of course the cafe side, I mean, it was truly like putting three different businesses together into one business plan. So yeah, it wasn't easy. And you know, the margins, figuring all that out, figuring out your staff costs and like everything. Um, so we started off pretty, you know, I, I want to say on the low side pricing wise, and then kind of learned a few lessons. Like we, you know, when you start staffing, I think you learn a lot about what makes sense for that particular industry. Um, and then you kind of edit based on that. And I think we definitely edited as we also kind of build up a better reputation. You know, if we started feeling like our reviews weren't that great because certain staff didn't feel motivated, they didn't seem like they were like advocates of the brand and all that, mm -hmm. like all of that affects the business. And at the end of the day, I don't want the business to suffer because someone doesn't feel motivated enough because their salary isn't good enough and things like that. So we definitely kind of edited as we went and wanted to make sure that we got like the best team in place. So yeah, it's not like your prices aren't going to change, you know, eventually. And, and we were okay with that. We always had an inkling that that may be the case, but at the same time, like our whole story was that we wanted to be affordable, but still feel like a good, like beautiful establishment. So we had to kind of stay in a price range that felt fair to both the consumer and to our team. And, you know, I think we got to a really good place and it, but it was like trial and error. And honestly, it took like, it took a couple of years, really. Yeah. I, yeah. I bet. And I think it's always the case when you're sort of starting out, it's like you start up small and as you grow, things need to change. And then you have to deal with backlash of that happening and figuring out how you grow uh, your team and how you're spending. So what's been the biggest money lesson that you've learned along the way? You just opened two brick and mortar locations, your flagship being one of them. You now have a digital media business and then also obviously e-com. So what were some of the biggest money lessons learned? I think the biggest money lesson that I feel like, thank God, I've kind of always had this inkling is diversifying. You know, I think for us, it's been a, a savior the fact that we're able to diversify our revenue is huge and um, has really served us now. So I'd say that's like my biggest like piece of advice for anyone is like, even if you're starting off as like a single service, like as you evolve, I think it's really important to continue adding ways that people can engage with your company and, and support you. And for us, you know, we started off obviously with our services, but then we added events. Events became brand partnerships. As you know, brand partnerships are a huge thing to really to support a corporate team, at least for us, that's kind of how we support our corporate team is through these brand partnerships. And thank God we have these relationships because now we're able to kind of keep all these things afloat that we're doing now at Chill House. And then, you know, other fun stuff like Shop Chill we do. Um, so we have e-com and we have our own products and we have merch. So there's just like a lot of different ways that we can sustain the business 
God forbid, we have to close our doors, right? And that's <laughs> never would and- happen. But like, holy, you know, it's it's crazy. And you know, that's the one thing where I like really sympathize with people that haven't gotten it, kind of gotten to that phase of their businesses yet. And I'm mm. just like, shit, like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, so it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like what's happening, you know? And like, yeah, we're able to pivot in a very organic way. Cause it doesn't feel like something that we just kind of came up with out of nowhere. It was just already part of our DNA. And so now we're just exploring it a little bit further. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing with Create Cultivate. Like the bulk of our business is offline events, obviously, but luckily we've had the podcast, we've had the digital community that we've been fostering for a long time. Like, did we ever think this would be moved to the forefront of our business? No, but here we are and thank goodness for that. So I think diversifying is such great advice. Um, For you, social media has played a huge role in your success. Your locations are basically Instagram, Pinterest dreams. But before you even opened your doors for Schultz House, you had over 8,000 Instagram followers for something that wasn't even open yet. So how did you build an audience digitally and get them to get excited about your brand before they ever walked in the door? So yeah, that's a fun story. I actually, I wanted to create like an online platform that was like a definitely a bit of like a question mark. Like you didn't know what it was going to be. So basically we gave people like zero information and I just curated a beautiful Instagram account that like felt soothing and relaxing and kind of like matched the name, but didn't really give up too much. Um, and I would slowly kind of tease out a couple of things. Like, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? And like, we just kind of got to this weird, funny place where people were just like, what are you? What are you? Whatever you are, I can't wait to support. And it was kind of wild how, how that happened. Um, but yeah, it really was, was that, you know, and I also had a bit of a little bit of a community prior. So I was definitely like, very pushy, like, please follow, please follow. And, you know, no shame. I think, you know, work with what you have, like, even if you have 300 followers, make every, make every single friend follow your, your new account. I think it's super important and ask your team also to do the same. So we were definitely, I was definitely like making sure that that account was growing enough to kind of build like a semi small community from the get go. And so, and then I knew like the moment we walk, you know, we open up our doors, we'd have people that were willing and ready to, to come and spend their money with us. So I love it. And so what, what percentage of your budget would you say you spend on marketing? Like, do you do a lot of paid ads on Facebook and Instagram? Um, we vacillate, you know, I think sometimes we're always focusing on different things. Um, you know, if like the retail business needs more attention, then we kind of focus on that and we put some money into ads for that. You know, when we opened, of course, we probably spent maybe like little under a grand and ads, like nothing too crazy. You know, luckily we were like, we're like New York based and we already had an audience and things like that. So yeah, I think it, it depends on like what the project is and what we really have budget wise to, to kind of play around with that project and what it really means to us. And, and you know, what the trajectory of that project looks like, like if it's something that has to produce X amount, then yes, of course you have to put X amount of money towards ads, but we're still very like startupy, you know, and I think every month is, is different in, in how we strategize um, our revenue growth. So I want to talk a little bit about COVID-19 and its effect on your business. So as a small business owner, again, we're all facing challenges with the coronavirus, but what tactics and strategies have you guys put into place to pivot and ensure your business is being successful through this period? And how have you been impacted and how are you working to grow past it? 
Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. We were impacted obviously, because we had to close our stores. We have two stores that are currently closed still, and we don't really know when we'll be allowed to reopen. However, we are kind of putting those plans into, into motion right now, of course. You know, there are a few different things that, like I said, we can do as Chill House um, to continue monetizing, which is Shop Chill, you know, brand partnerships and, and content around those brand partnerships. Um, we also have membership. Luckily, a lot of our membership is a little different than like your typical gym membership where like, obviously you're going to cancel that if you can't get your monthly membership, you know, your monthly workouts. And we are more like, I guess, credit-based. So a lot of our members are actually accumulating a lot of credits right now. So they're not canceling per se, or they're freezing versus canceling. So, you know, we gave them the option and a lot of them were like, are very supportive people and they love us. So they're just like, yeah, we're just going to let it ride out. Um, so luckily there is some of that happening. Um, so because of you know that, we're like, okay, how do we engage members? How do we create content around our members? Or how do we create content for our community to kind of keep them engaged and all those good things? So we were kind of brainstorming ways to, you know, combination of like utilizing our edit team, but then also like utilizing our pros and our experts. So we came up with this idea of like chill home and what does chill home mean? Um, and chill home means basically it's a state of mind during stressful times. It's kind of like our tagline. It's, it's whatever it means to you, but like having a chill state of mind from home or from wherever you are versus like at chill house. Right. So yeah, I think because we, I, we kind of like rebranded the chill house temporarily, which is kind of fun. Um, probably hope to stick with that in some capacity. I think it's a good idea in general, this idea of chill home. So uh, because we, we did that, I think it kind of allowed us to really brainstorm other ways to continue to push that message along, right? So we did IG lives. We're, we're continuing to do IG live programming with our team. So we're showing you how to do your nails. We're showing you how to do your own facials. We're showing you how to do your own massages or like give your partner a massage, your quarantine partner a massage, things like that. Um, but then additionally, we're partnering with great brands to basically share, you know, different narratives around this time and, um, hopefully bring you some content that helps you de-stress from home. So really the mission hasn't really changed. It's just, you know, where we're doing it from. And as you know, it's, it's been, it's been interesting, but it hasn't felt like a huge shift in any way. Absolutely. And the chill home stuff is so genius. Um, are there any financial relief resources or government aid programs that are helping chill house weather the storm that you'd recommend for other small business owners? I wish I had better advice on all that. I think we're all kind of going through this totally. craziness. No, we haven't really gotten much yet. Um, so just kind of pushing along and hoping that everything works out. You know, we were, we definitely jumped on it. We have good relationships with our banks, luckily. So they seem to be like, really like, pulling for us. But otherwise, I think it's really important, you know, if you have a landlord, if you have, what are your big expenses, just being very honest. Um, I'm sure everybody's being that and it, but it's, it, you know, it's gut wrenching to have to say, Hey, I can't afford this or, Hey, I have to cut back on this or, Hey, can you like, you know, it feels so demeaning. Sometimes <laughs> you're like, Oh, like, of course I can afford a $30 bill, but like, I can't pay it right now. Cause I, I care, mm -hmm. I need to care more about like, you know, something like my team, like they're, you know, or whatever, whatever a big, more important expenses. Right. So it was definitely a lot of that. I'd say in the first couple of weeks, we're just like having those conversations being like, listen, this isn't a priority. How do we, how do we stretch out this payment or how do we figure this out? So, you know, in addition to obviously finding like 
businesses or organizations or obviously bank loans and all that stuff that will help you with during this time financially. It's also just having those very like awful conversations <laughs> with your landlord, with your team, with anybody. And I think, I think we all kind of have, but just it's an evolving conversation really. Like for us, it wasn't like, Oh, uh, let's talk to our landlord once and everything's figured out. Like we still haven't figured out the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think different story. Yeah. I was gonna say, I think the, the name of the game for at least me and I'm sure a lot of business owners is difficult conversations. (laughs) Like I think everyone's just trying is having them right now because everyone's really hurting. Um, so we're going to wrap with some rapid fire. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. We'll find out. Um, my number one money tip for entrepreneurs is diversify. The biggest sacrifice I've made for my career is not having money for years. <laughs> if there were more hours in the day, I would probably work out. When I make time for self-care, I uh I like to show it off. Put it on the Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> and what does success mean to you? Oh my gosh, just honestly now's the time to really reflect on what success means to you. And for me, it's just honestly being healthy. Like I had a very bad health scare this past weekend and like health, your family, honestly, and happiness with the people that the immediate people that like you love that are in your life. Like that's like the biggest success that you can possibly find. And for our attendees tuning in, how can they support Chill House? Um, just follow us, give us a visit online and, um, engage with us however you see fit. And hopefully you find some ways to chill through our platform digitally. Thank you so much, Cindy. Have you bought your copy of work party, the book part career manifesto, part practical business advice. Work party, the book is everything I wish I knew during my early years as an entrepreneur, the ups, the downs, the things I learned and the women that helped me to make it happen. Just like in our podcast, Work Party the Book does not shy away from the nitty-gritty details you need to know. If you hope to start your own business or become the HBIC at your current gig, we're here to help you out. Available in hardcover and audiobook on Amazon, also on iBooks at Target and your local bookstore. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Work Party, the podcast. If you felt inspired and learned something new, let us know in a review on iTunes and check us out on social at Work Party. For every episode, we have downloadable resources available on workparty.com so you can put these tips and tools into action for your own business. Thanks again for listening. And as always, work hard, party on.